Yes, I did record. And <laughs> good. I gave you a good 10 seconds there at the beginning of silence. Perfect. So that should be good. All right. We ready with a with a arm countdown? A finger countdown? We can do that. Yes. Save that. Maybe that's what crashed you. You moved your arms too much. Too fast? My computer's used to my, my hand flailing. I'm too fast. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're recording over there in OBS land. And, okay. Uh, we'll give it a different count. I don't know. What are we going to do? Part two. Part two. We got, we'll start with 60 and then count down from 60, maybe. Oof, that's a big number. <laughs> it just needs, uh, just needs more time to warm up, man. So we're like four, <laughs> three. Yeah. Yeah. Two, one, zero. Wait. Oh, my God. And I forgot to say three, two, one, zero. How about we do a quick three, two, one, zero, just so we can line up? <laughs> three, two, one, zero. zero. All right. We got to be able cool. to find that. You know, what's one of those lineups will line up things. Things will line up. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, sorry for getting waylaid, but here I am. Hey, it's okay. You know what? Uh, if we if we just chatter for about two minutes, then we'll know whether or not it's safe to go on. Um, but otherwise, oh look, you can't see them because the light's too lighty. But mm-hmm. oh yeah, you can. They yeah, go stickers. The th- mm-hmm. Yeah, so they the came 30. in. The little mm-hmm. nice little uh, little penguin guys in there too. Let me see. Cool. Okay, so Those I was talking cool. about. See if I can. Yeah, Not get the light of. in it. Eh, sort of. Oh, wait, oh, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah, look at that. Tux turns 30. Yay. Too much like glare. It. Anyway, so I um I bought these thinking they were bigger, mm. right? And it's fine. I don't care how big they are. This is a good size. But I bought them, and then I started talking about it after I had got them. And I'm like, why did I think they were so big? Uh, So I go back on the store page. And nope, sure enough, it's like, you know, one and a half inch by 1.9 inch. And I'm like, that's the right size. Why did I think they were so big? And then I look at the image. The, oh, the image the is image like twice that, right? Yeah. And they put it on the laptop, right? And it's like a quarter of the whole laptop. So uh, come on, Linux Foundation. That's some false advertising over here. What are you doing? My this my is, wife the, the, is forever buying things on Amazon and saying like it looked bigger <gasps> on the Amazon page, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a picture. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like it on Amazon where they do that. They give you that silhouette of a guy, and he's like doing this. Yeah, and and it's like that guy is the Jolly Green Giant. I don't know how you could say that that was that big. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But they'll do this, right? It's like it's like this. And then and then they'll say, oh well, it was uh, it, on the on the little thing, the measurey thing. It was only like six inches. So right. Well, it's all about camera angles there. I don't know why you thought it was there. so big. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We got the Jolly Green Giant to model this one. Always fun. And then uh, the shirt is in the wash. The shirt came in. Cool. But here's the other one. Oh, I like that hat. That's nice. Let's see if I can. I know, and it's got the, the mm-hmm. Lynx Foundation here on the side. That looks it's got good. That's sharp. The thirty year. I mean. That's sharp. I like there that. We go something like that, but uh, I got to figure out how to place it up here because uh, it doesn't. Yeah, the light doesn't shine on it too well. Maybe I put it on Domo. Yeah, I was gonna say that yeah. would help, huh? My uh, already way, got a hat, so I got that. Uh, got that bad boy. And that's cool. That's fantastic. So I, th- I think I'm just gonna end up with a collection up there eventually. So I'm just gonna go through. Does Fedora have a hat? I want one. Well, they have a Fedora. 
<laughs> and that is the end of that one. Ugh. Ugh. Sorry, Leo. <laughs> Stop making sense. Stop doing that. <sighs> All right. So, so we're uh, we ready? I I'm guess. ready. Okay. Okay. Got to fix the glasses, obviously. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, and uh, I said I was going to wear the Groovy Gorilla shirt. Yeah. And then that one was dirty. So <laughs> so I wore Utopic Unicorn, which is almost as good. Yeah, definitely. And that was one of my favorite distros, man. Not 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 for any other reason than it was a unicorn. So Cool. All right, I'll shut up now and uh, let's start the show. Coming up in this episode, we guard the wire, make a little chaos, ring your Larabelle, cover up some oopsies, and the next distro will be... Welcome to Linux User Space. I'm Leo. And I'm Dan. And I've been uh, I've been trying to protect myself here these past few days, and I think I've succeeded. Uh, I've, I've not done a security audit, but I think I've succeeded. So you're you're guarding yourself, Leo? A little bit, a little bit with the wires. The, okay. the wire guard. Nice. So I will say. Um, Big fan of WireGuard here. Um, it, I think it saved the day for a couple of things uh, during uh, early in the pandemic. Um, we we uh, sh- decided that we needed a, a backup solution for our VPN in case something happened to the VPN because everybody was using the VPN. And uh, heaven forbid, you know, we knew we couldn't get there. So we set up a, a WireGuard as, as for just the IT staff to be able to backdoor into our network. And I will say it seems super secure since you're uh, basically just exchanging keys and that's probably not something easily fabricated. Yes. So that I think that's, that's the biggest point. I dreaded setting it up. I did not want to do it uh, because I remember, and maybe it was because I was less seasoned at that point. But I mm-hmm. remember the absolute pain it was to set up OpenVPN from scratch. Mm. Yeah, it's not that. Not at all. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, user management is mostly fine. I, I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it on OpenVPN or anything like that. But you could get like an OVPN file out of it, and then you, you just shuffle that around, and that was fine. Um, but it wasn't really until Pi VPN. Where, you know, even on, a, it could be on a Pi, obviously, but it could also be on a Debian box or an Ubuntu box. So I had a VM right. that was dedicated just to the the uh, the VPN right. and uh, just set up Pi VPN. And then their little utility, their Pi VPN, I forget what the switches are now or the options are now, but I mean, it was fairly easy to create a user, give it a password, um, create that little OVPN uh, thingamajig and just pass that around everywhere. So mm-hmm. I really kind of, fell in love with doing uh, a VPN, which is essentially just 
uh, me getting into my network from other places. Yeah. yeah. So I fell in love with it on uh, with PyVPN, and I knew I wanted WireGuard when, uh, I guess it was like back in 2018 or so, where mm-hmm. uh, Linus Torvalds was like, yeah, this needs to get into the kernel like now. So mm-hmm. uh, once he said that, I was like, all right, all right. I'm going to totally get into this WireGuard thing. I'm going to do it, uh, and, and I'm going to feel real good about myself. Yeah, that was in 2018. Uh, what what time is this podcast? Uh, yeah, 2021. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so it was a little while. Right. Uh, a little while. Well, I know for me, like it didn't land in, in the Ubuntu kernel until um, 2004. I mean, they had, so you could load the oh, that's DKMS right. that's modules right. um, before that, but it didn't land in, until the into the mainstream kernel itself without loading DKMS modules until 2004. So right, and so that's where I actually built the WireGuard server, and right. I thought it was going to be oh, I'm gonna have to go get this or that or compile this or maybe make this work. Nope, apt install WireGuard, and that's all you need on the server yep. side. Um, so. Uh, all right, so that was it. That was the first thing. Once I looked, once I, I did a little digging, found out, so all you got to do to get it installed. I was like, okay, maybe this won't be crazy difficult. Okay. So uh, I started digging in. Um, I think the hardest part of it is getting the IP tables after you start WireGuard, little scripty thing, right. Yep. And yep. it actually wasn't really that hard because number one, I didn't have to do it. Other people wrote it, and I just yeah. kind of went backwards and made sure that it, uh, or kind of just kind of made figured sense. out what yeah. it meant. Yeah. yeah. And after that, it was quite literally, if you can do um, SSH keygen yeah. and, and know what those pieces do, you can handle WireGuard. That that really is as difficult Almost as it is. exactly the same sort of process where you're exchanging those keys, and that's 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 the... That's as hard as it gets, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So from a from a bird's eye view, understanding how it works, that that's really it. If you can do key exchange, yep. you've got this covered. And, and and you really should be, if you're doing SSH, you really should be using keys. Right. Yeah, of course. So, you know, you you've got this practice down, I I feel like. Yeah. And it just felt too easy. I think that was why <laughs> it didn't feel right. The moment I uh, I got it done, um, oh, there there was one other little snag. I was able to connect, and I could see on the WireGuard server that it was connecting, and I could see on my client that it was connecting, but I couldn't do anything. I couldn't ping any internal IPs mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, turns out you have to turn on um, what is it, uh, NAT something or other in okay. uh, in sysconfig or something yes. like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Once I flipped that on, everything just started working. So right. I was so impressed. The speed is there. Um, oh, yeah. It's, the, it's line rate speed. Yeah. Practically. I, I was very impressed with it because what I do. Okay. So the way that I use it is I get it on my phone or the way that I mostly use it is I have it on my phone and on the WireGuard app in iOS. And I'm sure all the other apps have this as well. You go into the settings and it's got two little toggles for automatic switch on. Mm-hmm. And that is on Wi-Fi or on cell. Right. And I turn it off on Wi-Fi because when I'm on Wi-Fi, because I'm still mostly working from home and, and all that kind of stuff, um, right. you know, I'm, I'm here. Right. Um, but on cell, obviously, I've left the house and have left the range of the Wi-Fi. So I flip that one on. So the moment I leave my house and get out of Wi-Fi range, 
WireGuard immediately turns on. And I'm immediately, I guess my phone at least, you're, still you're thinks it's on the lane. internal network. Yeah. yeah. So I'm able to get, um, you know, I'm still able to access Plex without hitting external servers and going through Plex TV and all that stuff. I'm still able to hit NextCloud. I'm still able to, you know, SSH into all of my machines without any kind of weird traversal, anything or other. Um, it, it just, again, it just seems way too easy. Why is it so easy, Dan? I don't know, but I'm really not complaining. <laughs> yeah, me either. Um, I think it's a great, great tool. And uh, yeah, it's easily the best to get to your home network. Um, you know, if if you've got a Linux box, which if you're listening to this podcast, you more than yep. likely do. So you, pro um, you probably do. You know, it's it's the easiest solution to get back in and connect to all your things. Yep, thoroughly impressed. Couldn't believe how easy it was. Um, my favorite, absolute favorite thing, though, about it is the uh, one of the encryption schemas is cha-cha. Yeah, cha-cha. Ah, I love that. That I think that was uh, that was the turning point for me. Oh, cha-cha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. Got to have WireGuard now. See, and I think they did it on purpose because they do a lot of that old song and dance for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. All right, Leo, we've been doing KOS for the month, um, and... Uh, is it is it KOS or is it chaos? I, 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 well, I know, you, you, you can find some chaos anywhere we go, so I'll mm. leave that to you later. I'm going to say it's KOS, I don't know, I feel like, and, and some of that stems back to the early beginnings, and I'll, I'll talk about that right here, um... It was originally called KDE OS, and you right. find very few um, hints of that anywhere, but um, that was the original name, and then it moved to KOS. So I'm going to say they just kind of shortened the KDE part to K, and uh, yeah, I mean, KOS makes sense. I mean, you have all the other K apps. Why not a K operating system? You know, you got a good point there, Dan, but I'm going to have to disagree. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the, the, here, here's my reasoning, okay? Uh, you never know what Plasma's going to do, and that just reminds mm. me all the time of Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park and how he was on about chaos theory all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with chaos. It's definitely chaos, um, mostly because of that, right? You just never know what that little water droplet is going to do. Is it going to go this way? Is it going to go that way? I don't know. It's chaos theory. Yeah, all right. I can buy that too, <laughs> I guess. Um, but um, Sure. I don't know. It uh, I'm going to go with K. So we'll Okay. Fine. We'll we'll differ. Okay. We'll choose to to disagree on that. Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so early um 2013 is was when the earliest hint of uh, KOS that we can find and you won't you won't find a whole lot of information about KOS. So I'm just going to say that. I got to stop you there. I just have to. 2013? Yeah, 2013. We're how do how, how, why is it not so widely known? Right, that's the, the big question. The first time, seriously, the first time I've heard of uh, I heard of chaos was two years ago, maybe one year ago, but not eight years ago. Yeah, eight years old. They've been around forever, and they just hit my radar uh, mm -hmm. over the past couple of years. I can't believe they've been around so long yet they never really bubbled up. Yeah, so they're flying under everybody's radar it seems like because 
you'll find a few reviews here and there, not very many though, and uh, some of them are really old and way out of date. So um, there's that too. So 2013, um, earliest post on their blog is in May, where they say most of their infrastructure was in place and about 800 of the planned 1,500 packages were in the repo. And uh, they're still contemplating keeping this distro uh, private at that point. Um, and I, I'll say that that's, that is strange to me a little bit. Like, why, why go through all of the, these efforts um, in, in preparing all this just for yourself, I guess, or a few, a few of your friends? Um, because it is a lot of work, right? It, and, it is. But I think that actually that right there, early, early on, they decided that they weren't going to have a huge social media presence so that they can right. tweet out every little move that every, every little person makes. And, you know, that, that still rings true today. You go to Chaos, uh, what, what is their website? Chaosx.us, and you go, you go searching around. They don't, got a, they don't got a Twitter. They don't, they don't, do, they don't have a Discord group. They, they have an IRC channel. But yeah, and they've got um, some know. forums, um, which are also very good. Right, right. So they got forums and they have IRC, and as far as I could tell, that's pretty much it for yeah. socials. Yep, yeah, not much. Uh, Gitter. They also have Gitter, which is now Matrix. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. So they that's have right. that but, as well. But every single one of those mm-hmm. te- leans very nerdy. I think, Absolutely. and I mean, you know, you and I will join stuff like that because I think we right. fall into that category. But the the masses tend to not fall into that category at all. So I guess it makes sense why they didn't quite bubble up until 2019, That's 2020 true. or so in a lot of the uh, in a lot of the things that are out there. Right, and and going along with that, they also have a very narrow focus, and they're very public about that as well, where they are a well, KDE Plasma, uh, before that KDE4, they're solely focused on that. They're focused on the cute, um, you know, um, toolkit and everything's built upon that for the most part. They do have a, a few GTK things, but that's not their focus. They're, they're focused very narrowly. And, uh, so they state that very early on. And so I guess to that, that point where they contemplate keeping it private, they're, not looking to satisfy absolutely everyone out there. So they 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 do try to keep it high quality, um, but a narrow focus. Right. I think that and that that is kind of the beautiful thing about chaos. There are not many distros out there that take a strict and narrow focus like the chaos folks have. Yeah. Um I think that's a fantastic thing. I do too. Uh, and and I mean, they, a, they they say as much on their website, right? I mean, no, they, very they, upfront. They want it to be a streamlined KDE Plasma distro, and that's all they're going to focus on. You're going to find mm-hmm. very few outside of the Plasma kind of uh, modules or libraries or anything like that, just simply because they have a focus. They have one focus, and it's Plasma. And uh, so, yeah, cool. Good on them. And... I'll also uh, talk about some of the things that, you know, the foundation that this distribution is built on. They're set very early on in this distro. So most of the new things I am going to speak about are worth within the first couple of years, really. And then um, they just build upon that 
um, sort of thing going forward. And there's not a lot of change, if you will. Um, they just they just keep it going. So um, there's a screenshot on the blog that that is from July that shows the, uh, you know, the panel on the right and a familiar wallpaper that you you see or at least we saw when we installed this this time. That is the same wallpaper that is on this uh, blog post in July of 2013. Wait, seriously? Seriously. So it's 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 that that tulip looking the flower tulip looking growy thing, yeah. thing mm -hmm. right? So wow, man! They, and, speaking and of looks, sticking to your roots, right? It looks good. So I mean, I guess stick with it. I suppose, right? Yeah. The other thing, the other thing that they do, you mentioned it was the panel on the right. Mm -hmm. I I don't know I I don't know what you're doing. Don't don't put that over there. <laughs> I got an idea on that, right? So like <laughs> Unity had the panel on the left, but it uh -huh. also moved your close and minimize buttons also over to the left, so that you spent uh -huh. most of your mouse time over on the left hand side, probably oh. right. It's the same thing, only in the opposite. The panels on the right, but your close and your minimize and all that stuff. They're on the right-hand side. So yeah. in a way, it sort of makes sense. So you're keeping your mouse movements to the same side. Now, like an animal, I moved mine down to the bottom because yeah. that's just how my brain works. Yeah, and I moved mine to the top because that's how my brain works. But I could totally see it being on the left. What It would take some practice. I think I've just got muscle memory built in that you know, top left or top right is where you go to get your things. Um, it would just take some practice for me to get... Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, a, a lot of times what I'll do is, uh, and I guess this was ingrained very, very early, is if you want to close something, you go to the top right. So it yeah. just feels wrong in that way to go up there yeah. to, like, open up the menu or find the menu up there if you hit the the start. Well, what do you call that? The, the super yeah. key. Yeah. So maybe my thinking is completely wrong, but I'm thinking the idea is to minimize your, your mouse movements and uh, you keep everything kind of in the same quadrant. Right, 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 right. And that, that makes sense to me now, now that you say that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I'd still move it, though, knowing that. Oh, I uh, did. Unless, <laughs> unless I, yeah, unless I really, really wanted to, to I guess, dive into chaos. Ah, that's it, man. They just, yeah. you know what? That's what they wanted. They just wanted some, they chaos, want some chaos. So they, they slapped it over there to the right-hand side. It's not a bad thing. Um, so then August, uh, there's some hints around trying to identify a installer and so this is august 2013 still early um there's a few options being tossed around yali yali um which was the partis installer um the linux mint live installer and chakra uh, tribe those were all installers and those were all being punted around Interestingly enough, Partis is a Debian-based uh, distribution, and uh, now they use the Debian installer. And as you know, Linux Mint is using Ubiquity, and uh, Chakra is now using Calamares. So um, all of them have abandoned their their um, installer program at this point and moved on to something else. Um, but those were the ones that were being punted around. So early on, it's identified that something needs to be um, taking place for that because while chaos or KOS is not arch and I probably should have started off with that. It's not arch. It is arch inspired though. And so arch, as you know, is 
you know, the install program is not a graphical one in that regard, but they've identified that that is something that is important to them to be able to have a have a good way to install it. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good point to make because if you get in there and you don't read anything else about it, you find out very quickly that it's Pac-Man mm-hmm. in the background doing all of the installing, uninstalling, and, and hooking yep. and all that stuff. So you could, on the surface, be pretty fooled about sure. you know what what it is that you're actually using until you realize that the contents of the repositories is very much different. So very it's Pac-Man different. as a as your package manager, and that's about it. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah. Once you scratch through the surface, there it's something different. Um, so like I mentioned, steady progress uh, noted monthly. I mean, so you see a lot of blog posts, and pretty much every month. Um, maybe they skip a month here or there. Um, since 2013, if you scroll back through all of the blogs, which is really impressive, that's a lot of work in it itself in, in communicating with the community and getting the word out there about, you know, what they're doing and the progress and, and everything. So I feel like that's a full-time job on it itself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess that's the the community liaison or the uh advocate. That's their job, but it um I, you don't really get the sense that there's a whole lot of people back there. And they're no. not necessarily too forthright with uh with with who's all no. part of the project either. I didn't I didn't get a sense that they were really elevating a bunch of names. No. No. They don't they aren't super public about that. Um you know, we we fished around a little bit and and found a few things, but uh, not very much. Um, so yeah, in 2014 of June, they talk about this uh, new installer that is is uh, Calamari's in the beginning of days of that, um, and so they're one of the first distributions really to jump into that, and they are they are very active still to this day in, in the Calamari's development. So it, it shows through and I, I think it's, it's, it's great to see that, you know, long-term commitment there. Um, yeah. And that that's one thing too, that, um, that it kind of struck me as odd that, I mean, they'll, they'll work on this software that everybody ends up getting to use yet. Um, we still don't hear a ton about them. Right. So it just strikes me as weird that 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 happens, but it certainly did, and it certainly had for the next five or so years. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Also, um, around that same time, you hear a hint of the Plasma Next desktop, which is going to be a transition from the KDE four to the new what is now Plasma five desktop. They start talking about that, and so they're they're um, spinning up separate ISOs for, for that sort of thing. Um, because I will say this is very cutting edge. Everything that is coming down through KDE and plasma, even to this day is very current and like right on the cusp of just being released. So, and, and that shows through, throughout all of this. Well, you said, you said cutting edge and I mean, you're not wrong at in, in the least because, and I know we're still in the history, but I just, I I can't not say this it's mm-hmm. same day yeah. the day that kde releases plasma 5.22.4 which is today 
that's when it's available in chaos. Yeah. I had it I mean, in my updates today. Yeah, you do a you do a little uh, arch flavored Pac Man SYU, and all of a sudden, that's the flavor of plasma that you have in your updates. So yeah. I mean, cutting edge is absolutely the vibe you get with this distro. As far as as far as plasma goes, you're always on the latest the moment you you click that update button. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Another thing that gets identified here and gets set sets the tone for for pretty much throughout is they choose XFS for their file system, which and is the antithesis of cutting edge. <laughs> it it is, but it's also um it's unique in that um not many distros um you know use this right. Although you say it's antithesis, at that time was it? I'm not sure. I think XFS was maybe not a terrible choice because was EXT4 out then? I'm, I can't remember. I want to say it's all about the right timing for, for that stuff to be to be coming out or, or being fixed and stuff. So, I mean, I guess now in 2021. Oh, it's but not But that's the anymore. thing, right? Like, like they never changed. They didn't. They, st- they, they never changed it. Um, it's I mean, still you can XFS change it to this manually. day. Yeah, you can go in sure. manually and change it. But XFS is their default. Right, 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 right. So I guess then it may not have been the antithesis of cutting edge, but today it is. Mm-hmm. For sure. Interesting that they chose it way back then and still have stuck with it. So in August of uh, 2014, you see like the first video of Calamaris and watching it, it's not all that much different than what it is now. I mean, obviously there's a lot more polish put on it and a, a few less uh texty things and now some more graphical things have been applied but in it's very similar in the working and you could easily tell what it was back then oh yeah definitely so that's pretty cool um you know they're posting videos of that and and getting getting the word out and and whatnot so that's pretty cool um first test iso with plasma 5 shows up in october of uh 2014 um which is really early like you know i feel like that's that's they're they're like right on the edge there and then uh early early in 2015 february they announce the end of kde4 like they're just they're cutting it off and they're moving on to plasma 5 and if you remember the end of kde4 like it started to get good again like people really loved kde3 (laughs) Right. And they switched to four and four was like, everybody was like, this is horrible. It's a, it's a Ram eater. It's, it's bloated. It's, it's all all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Crashy, crashy. And then, uh, you get to the end of that and it's like, everybody's like, it's great. I don't want to move on to plasma five. Um, yeah. You're describing windows Vista. Okay. Vista was great at the end right when windows 7 was about to come out and everybody was like oh yeah no this is totally cool it's like windows xp you know but but a little flashier a little little shinier and then windows 7 came out and everybody forgot about vista yeah it's the same thing well it looked a lot like well plasma the kde4 looked a lot like vista if if you look at it too very plastic you know rounded things and then we went to the flat and it's you it's know, a back better, and forth between Microsoft and and KDE. I swear, it's just yeah. uh, they, they. I think they they're share copying each other. Yeah, yeah probably. Must. Same people working on it or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's what it is. It's it's a bunch of uh, Microsoft UX devs and and uh, UI devs. They just moonlight 
in uh, on KDE Plasma. Well, good for them. <laughs> Thanks for coming over to the dark side. Hey. Anyway, um, so yeah, like they're they're right there. They're 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 cutting off KDE four, moving on to Plasma five, and that's in February of 2015. Um, August of 2015, you see some instructions um, how to you know go into the command line and enable Way uh, Wayland session and try out Wayland. And uh, we know how Wayland works today. Um, not so great necessarily everywhere. So you can imagine in August of 2015, that must have been absolutely fantastic timing to be terrible. on a Wayland session. Terrible. <laughs> I, I could not imagine how terrible it, it nothing what works. Worked? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Ubuntu. Just decided that that Wayland is going to be in the new uh, the new version of Ubuntu. What is it? Twenty one ten something like that. Right yeah. to get ready for twenty two oh four in October. So yeah. we're just hitting that. And Fedora, what was it? Maybe a year. The last ago one, where yeah, thirty four, right? That Wayland yeah. was default, but chaos out here causing chaos. In uh, allowing you to use, trying yeah, allowing it. you to use yeah. twenty fifteen Wayland in twenty fifteen. These guys, um, I oh man, they really. I, I think I I really think it's called chaos because of stuff like this. Because but we what what happens if you just flip the switch? I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's see what kind of chaos happens. But it's that pushing the envelope thing that really moves everyone else probably forward too. So I find and, that but, to be. A great thing. And, and this is another reason why I don't know why they weren't plastered all over every Linux news site out there. This is groundbreaking stuff. This is just, it's, nobody else tried this. Well, very few folks yeah, actually sure. went out and tried this. Yep. So November of 2015 brings a new logo, which you see today. Still, still same logo that started in November of 2015 and some artwork that went along with that. And uh, yeah, still very, very relevant even now. So like I said, early in the history, that's when the, the foundation got set and they've just kind of solidified it since then. Um. So, yeah, starting in January of 2016, not all that far along after the November 2015, now you can select Wayland in the drop-down menu on the login screen. So, yeah, here we are, like, way back then. Just amazing to me. I still can't believe it. You guys, it's crazy. They're crazy to do stuff like this, but they did it anyway. But like any uh, open source project we've ever seen, um, there is sometimes a little friction in the community and, uh, because they're so cutting edge, um, they kind of get called out on that a little bit. And so in this, uh, May, 2016, uh, blog post, um, it gets mentioned that, um, well, let me actually read about this. Um, actually chaos or KOS has always been to focus on one toolkit. To that end, there was a lot of discussion in 2014 and early 2015 when and how to move to Qt 4-based desktop environment to a Qt 5-based Plasma 5 desktop. Many posts, news articles, release announcements have been used to make clear to all, whenever possible, KOS would use Qt 5-based ports of any application even if that meant using the Git versions versus the released TARS. And they give some examples, and they've got some links um, there 
to the announcements and blog posts um, out there. And it says, further goes on to say, this policy has now led to branding KOS as a second or third class citizen in the KDE ecosystem. As noted by one leading KDE developer in IRC, KOS bugs will now be ignored and or immediately closed. These actions are not imposed to distributions that are large in parentheses, question mark, um, who just this year announced they will ship all the latest KDE has to offer, including Git builds. And examples are Ubuntu-based Neon and OpenSUSE Argon um, Krypton using and reporting about Git versions by those is praised upstream. Bug reports, very welcomed. So to counteract that, they came up with a little um, pop-up menu, if you will, that says, um, do you understand KOS ships an unreleased frameworks five based version of Caligra words? And will you report bugs on the KOS tracker, not the official KDE tracker? So little little pop-up like that shows up. And uh, they further go on to say, unfortunately for a small distribution like KOS, there's nothing that can be done about this to accept these kinds of upstream discriminatory actions and add a little warning pop-up. And uh, you've probably seen some of them already in apps like Ocular and Caligra Words. This explains why these have to show now it makes sense for KOS users going through the trouble to try to create useful bug reports in the KDE tracker, only to see their efforts being ignored and removed. And so, so, so th this was um, this post was in about May 2016. Yeah, May 2016. And so it begs the question. They mentioned KDE Neon. When mm -hmm. was KDE Neon's first release? I don't remember. We did that episode uh, in a while June back. of oh. 2016. Oh, interesting. So they must so, have announced it before that, though. Right. So right. So, but but the initial release. I'm sure there were betas that were available or mm -hmm. something like that. But if I'm not mistaken, they weren't even released yet. Then you're saying. Right at the time that the post in uh, that that the chaos group posted that particular announcement, KDE Neon did not exist, but was absolutely in the works. Mm. The first release of KDE Neon featured Plasma Five, yeah, with Cute Five, right, it, and all I, the applications there on too. Yeah, see, I, and I'm not I'm not insinuating anything here but it does make one think yep hum i wonder i wonder if there was something going on there or that you know something got rubbed the wrong way somewhere yeah. and people didn't really care for it right and um that could be some of why we don't hear a lot about kos they just like to just not get a lot of grief and just do their own thing and, and be their own thing and be the high quality distribution that they are i don't know i'm making a leap there but that's the way i it looks right yeah for sure um yeah so that is uh may of 2016 june of 2016 we we continue to see more progress they just keep pushing along even though you know this that's like all in the past it's like water under the bridge because you never read about that again so um in in June, they do some infrastructure upgrades and get some better mirrors and stuff. And they also update their forums to Flarem, um, 
which is a really cool looking, uh, you know, forum software. Um, and they still have that today. So another one of those set it early on and kind of forget it. Um, you hear about more Wayland up, you know, highlights in, in 20 November of 2016. And then, uh, just lots of steady progress until, um, March of 2017, they introduce their online package viewer. So you can I love go to this their, thing. this I is love cool. This, this, this is really thing. cool. You yep. go to their website, you can see all the packages, you can see when they're updated, you can see the version they're at. It's kind of, it's nicely done. And you can do that for other distributions as well. Go look at their um, packages that they have published and whatnot. But I don't know as any of them look as nice as this. I don't know how you feel about it, Leo. I'm, I I think it's fantastic. There were a couple of times where I was like, eh, I'm not on Chaos right now, but, I, but I'm about to be. And I'd right. like to know if I just go, you know, Pac-Man, uh, I don't even know what the thing is, Pac-Man S, S, yeah. yeah. To install something, will it mm-hmm. work? And I could just do a quick search on their on their site, and that it it, it brought it up or it didn't, right? I mean, I actually, right. I think I did that specifically with TLP because I wasn't positive, and I wanted to know if it was going to install all of the TLP things. Um, and I mean, it did, as far as I know. I needed my ThinkPad thing, which was separate. Oh, but yeah. all of TLP installs with just uh, Pac-Man STLP. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No. So. I think it's really nicely done. It looks good. Um, you get all the info you need, which is, uh, eh, you know, it's a lot of work probably keeping all that maintained. So there it is. Pretty great. Um, uh, next big thing that we'll bump into is in April of 2018, and that is uh, Croeso. Um, that is their uh, Croeso is Welsh for welcome, and uh, that replaces Captain, I guess, with a K. Um, or their first run wizard and, um, their welcome tool is pretty cool. I, I gotta say, I think I'm pretty sure at the, at the beginning of this whole thing where we started doing chaos, uh, Dan was like, uh, do they have Welsh in Duolingo? And, <laughs> you know, I didn't know at the time, but I'm pretty sure Dan is now fluent in Welsh after this month. Um, maybe, maybe not. I got one word. I mean, I'm not fluent in English and, uh, that's the only language I know. (laughs) Yeah, me either, man. Me either. Uh, but we keep, we keep doing this thing. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out English eventually. Yep. No. So Croeso is, is a really cool application in April, 2018 gets, gets introduced. And, uh, thank you very much for that because I, I think that's a fabulous thing. Um, so the forum posts are long gone, but oh yeah, this is this this is a topic you brought up, Leo. So the forum posts are long gone, but yeah. KOS was accepted into the uh, Linux Foundation Community Bridge in 2019, and so you found this little nugget. Um, so I'll so, let you run away with that. Yeah, I. Uh, so it seems like there's a lot of forum posts that you can scrape, right? Like with search engines or that show up mm-hmm. linked on other websites that no longer exist. And the, the the reason why this matters is I think there's a lot of things that may have just been lost to time. And we've been talking a lot about the history, but this is just the history that we can find. Yeah. I, I would imagine there is a ton of history that was buried in forums that no longer exist. And this is just one example of it. Um, I found where Chaos had two separate announcements that they were applying for and that they got accepted to the Linux Foundation's Community Bridge around 2019, 
but those links no longer work, and I have no idea what their opinions on it are, except for the fact that, well, today, they're mm-hmm. still part of the, the community bridge. So, I mean, if you're going out and you actually like Chaos, you test it out, or you like it, or you just want to keep it, or you want to support it, you can do that. I've got a link to that in the show notes, but... It just seems like there's a lot of stuff about chaos that is has been lost to time and that it really kind of adds credence to the whole you know that they're not they're not very open about a lot of the stuff that they that they have. I mean it's there if you grab it, if you scrape it, if you have it, it's it's fine, but you know they're they're not going to worry too much about making sure that everything is archived so you can see absolutely everything that there right. is. So just one one of those things that may be lost to time one of these days. But now it's on this podcast, so it'll never be lost to anything. Yeah, never going to go away now. Yep. And so, but like you mentioned, um, the Linux Foundation still uh, noted on, on their website. Like you look on their pages and they're still still part of that uh, community bridge. So um, definitely really cool thing. And I don't know, there aren't a lot of distributions, I think, that, uh, you know, make as much notation of that i think on their websites um, right so i i think that's a that's something to take note of if nothing else um so in 2020 we're we're, we're really you know moved right along through the last few years here um because it's a lot of the same and they just keep publishing a lot of the same and keep keeping packages up to date and that's that's a lot of work. I can't imagine. Um, and but, and so, the speed that they do it at. So I mean, there's no, a lot of automation involved, obviously. But well, yeah, but somebody's I mean, got to keep track of that, right? There's a there's a human involved somewhere, and they put in a lot of work, and it's just impressive the amount of work yeah. that they do. Just just steady. And so 2020, you, you see a move to uh, implementing QML modules into Calamari's, and and just kind of making that pretty and it adds some clarity um which leo definitely noted um in in the slideshow portion of the installer and it makes it a lot more attractive like you'll notice it in the package chooser portion where um it just it looks a lot better and the same with like the welcome module and the keyboard module all of those things uh they they just look really nice and give you some more info yeah absolutely i mean, i i love their rendition of the Calamaris installer. I mean, I think, you know, I'll talk about it a little bit more, but I mean, it's just so descriptive in mm-hmm. all of the things that it's going to do. But, you know, I, I think it's 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 something that we should praise that you're only going to see this one time ever. If, I mean, uh, assuming your hard drive doesn't blow well, up, right? Yeah, but, hopefully. I mean, right? you're only going to see it one time and yet you can see that they've put a ton of work into the thing that you'll only see once. It's it's just impressive. It's true. Um, it, it, it does give you a first impression of any distribution. I think um, the installer is pretty important. Um, like you said, you're probably only going to hit it once, but you want to go, you want to walk away from that with a good feeling and and be able to follow it easily and and get through it with without difficulty. So I think the amount of attention that they put into it is really important, but that's me. And you know, that's my sort of thing too. So I can completely understand where they're coming from. Um, last little nugget that I've got here as far as history, which isn't is, is recent history almost um, around the first of this year, 2021, their first ISO with Qt six uh, is 
appearing and includes some applications that are built against that. And so they're still pushing the envelope, still moving it forward. And uh, not many other distributions are are doing that. So I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, especially in a time where we're not 100% sure what's exactly going to happen with all of that. I think the KDE Foundation or the, the, the KDE group has said that they're going to keep Qt 5 and they're just going to patch it with the things that come out in Qt 6. They'll backport that to K, uh, Qt 5. But Chaos, no, they're not doing none of that. No, they're just, just going to move gonna, forward. They're just going to move straight to Qt 6 and and call it a day. It is the newest of the new. That's what this distro is about. That's what they care about. And that's just how it's going to be. So I wonder if there will be any kind of drama between Qt 5, the know. move between Qt 5 and Qt 6, like there was. And I'd say drama, but that might be blowing it over a little bit um, from Qt 4 to Qt 5. I don't think that the transition is going to be as wild as it was um, from Qt 4 to Qt 5, like, you know, with 5 to 6. I don't think that's going to be quite the game changer. It's going to have some things that that will break and will need fixing, but it's not going to be wildly different. So I right. don't know that it's going to be the same as it was before, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Likely not, but hey, I guess uh, as long as the forums stay up long enough for us to steal all that stuff, then uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. know. Yeah, so their forums are, you mentioned the forums, they go way back. They go, they've, even though they migrated forums at some, you know, when I when I mentioned, they still kept all of the archive forum stuff and migrated it into the new forum. So you can still search all of the old things or as much as they migrated anyway. And uh, look for some of that history in the forums, too. And it is chocked full of information. It is really great. I think, uh, um, you know, a lot of distributions have forums, but uh, these are these are some of the best. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's There's tons of information in it. Um, yeah, so KOS, um, base system, Arch-inspired, but it's its own independent thing, and they make that abundantly clear. Running Plasma. Soul Focus, going to run Plasma, going to be top-notch. Um, your file manager is Dolphin, package manager, Pac-Man on the command line. Your graphical pack, package manager is going to be Octopi, which and, and you that, will al that's, also find in Arch. That's what got me. Mm -hmm. um, wait, wait, so it's installed. Well, it's not installed by default in Arch because nothing is installed by default in Arch. Right, no, but it's you'll find it in Arch. It's available in Arch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and I thought it was just um, an interesting choice because it really reminded me of like Synaptic or DNF Dragora, right? Um, but it's, it's got maybe some, a little prettier, but it's pretty similar. Yeah, it's got some other features, though. It ties directly into the KCP, which we haven't really talked about just yet. But We, we haven't. Will. That's one of the things I want to highlight here. Though. In just a little bit, yeah. Yep. Um, the kernel, uh, 5.12, which is, you know, that's as of today. I don't know what the exact release, but, you know. Oh, really... I'll tell you, it's 5.12.13-1 because I did a Pac-Man uh, SYU right before we did this thing. Yeah. And so that is that is super current um, right there towards the edge of it. Um, your display manager, SDDM, and uh, they got Wayland and X11. So I will say that I did try Wayland, and I know you did too, and I also did some X11 stuff too, so. Um, yeah, I, I started on X11. There. I couldn't find the blur. That okay? Mm. Look, <laughs> whoops. Can, can we roll right into the discussion because I've got a lot yeah. to say about this blur right now? <laughs> we'll go ahead, run with it, Leo. <laughs> okay, before we do, I want to say 
uh, so so again, the private thing, it, it just mm-hmm. seems, um, I don't know. So I go to the, the chaos GitHub and I realize the, the people list, unless yeah, you contribute, are part of yep. it, uh, it's hidden. But I did mm-hmm. find uh, Dem, D-E-3-M's, um, seemed to be the most prolific contributor to chaos. So I don't want to say that they are the main dev for chaos, but it sure looks that way. Yeah. And so you will also find them in very active in the Calamari's um, GitHub and in, you know, the IRC um, and, you know, closing bugs and stuff for Calamari's and triaging yeah, and all of those things. So very active, not just in the distribution, but also upstream and in, in contributing into other parts of the, you know, what make the whole distribution so that's pretty yeah great. yeah and so for the folks that are that are that are yelling all the time well does it go to upstream yeah it does yeah, they, it is yeah this, absolutely this dem person does a lot of work for a lot of different different distributions uh indirectly yeah. so i mean kudos to them to wait kudos to dem <laughs> ah, <laughs> i see man. what you did okay. there okay <laughs> i'll stop with that but yeah. okay i gotta talk about blur i gotta talk about blur because i was very go upset ahead. I was very upset. I, I tried to I, fix it for you. I, no, you did. You, you you totally did. Okay, so I, I load up Chaos. I install it. I go through all the stuff. I'll, I'll I'll rewind and talk about my the install and all that. But I load up and I go into the terminal and my favorite little toggle is mm-hmm. enable blur. And I check it and I hit OK and no blur. I was so disappointed. I was <clears> like, oh my God, there's a module not installed. There's a library missing. There's something going on. That I don't know, I don't know what they're, and so I changed the theme. I did all kinds of things trying to make Blur go, and then I felt real dumb when Dan was like, uh, "Hey, uh, we just got to toggle that on there, buddy." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, what do you, what do you mean you got Blur? What did you do?" And he said, "Well, I'm on Wayland," and I'm like, "Okay, well, let me let me get onto Wayland. No Blur. There was no Blur on Wayland, and I was very upset about this." And Dan has a screenshot, and this is the point where I feel real dumb. <laughs> and the screenshot was in the uh deep down in the KDE configuration there is a uh there's a little module that you have to enable called blur and uh, <laughs> apparently okay so so it's not 100% my fault uh no. but 99.999% my fault right um every KDE plasma based distro that I've ever run has had that option toggled on by default KOS or chaos does not have that toggled on by default so it just escaped me that I would need to turn that on and once I turned that on uh, all of my upsetness went away because <laughs> yeah. I got I got blur and I've got blur now and I'm looking at it and it's beautiful it's my mm-hmm. favorite thing about plasma um it, it's it's beautiful it's beautiful it is beautiful I I, I enable it and you know i also was able to get my favorite uh uh theme for for console and that is cheerful fantasy that that's yeah. the one that that just mm. pukes rainbows everywhere it's not really no no it's it's just it it does have it's mostly white text honestly um oh it's, it's okay a, kind of a bright but like the accent colors are like a purple and so they're very soothing i think i don't know i i, I really I, like I, it I tend to gravitate toward a lot of pinks and a lot of mm-hmm. bright purples, and so Dracula mm-hmm. and Monokai Soda really tickle my uh, my terminal fancy. I could use either fancy. of those as well. So it also gives a, a little tint 
to the to the background as well, even though it's mm-hmm. transparent. It gives a little shade of uh, purple to that, and then when uh. you add the blur with the noise and stuff, it oh. it feels good. Chef's kiss. Mm. Yeah, right. Mm-mm-mm. So that's my yep. favorite. And the, so they the had default, that. It was great. The, I like the default theme, and yeah, you know, I, I, do I didn't too. think I could ever really get along with anything that had text that wasn't white. Um, you know, I can do the green text for a little while. I can do the fallout orange text for a little mm-hmm. while. But these guys go with a kind of a medium blue. Right. And I, it just didn't occur to me to use that text color. And it's right. nice. They've got pink accents and everything. Right. It's it's really close to, to kind of converting me over to a non-white text. Yeah. And so talking about themes, though, I want to take that a, a step further. And mm-hmm. so... Like everything else, uh, every other distribution, KOS has their own theming, and Mm -hmm. they call it Minna. And uh, it's very nice. They have a light and a dark, and that has been around since the beginning of time for them. And uh, I really like it. And so you mentioned the blue. It's got like a little blue tint to it a little bit. It's in the dark theme. I'm I'm using the Mm -hmm. dark theme. So it's got like a little blue hue to it. And... uh, I don't know. Again, it feels good. It's almost like the the console theme that I like. So yeah. it's, it's it's got that shade to it. Um, and the icons are fantastic. I think. I'm, yeah, it's the only place you'll find them that I know of. Um, I've, I've never I, seen them by default anywhere else, and I do like them. So for those of you folks that jumped on the uh, the it was maybe like a year or two ago where mm-hmm. it was like don't change our icons dot com or something. You, do you remember that yeah. whole controversy? I don't know. That's where... craziness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it that's not for this. This icon theme. This is, is not, not for that because no. they change it all, man. The audacity, mm-hmm. the audacity uh, icon. It I like it. It's it's actually very good. Um, but yeah, if you, if you like stock icons in a lot of places, this is not the theme. This for you. is not stock. No, but this it is, is very nice. Different. I I really I like enjoyed the theme. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think they were good. So that's super impressive. Definitely. So I got to talk about uh, Croiso. Okay. So again, Love that welcome too. in Welsh. It is uh, it's pretty amazing because. The very first thing that you are presented with after you install and you get booted up and you log in and everything, Croiso pops out and it's got all the customization things that you would ever want. Mm-hmm. So for all those folks that are like, oh, I can't ever figure out how to change this or that in KDE Plasma because there's 7,451 different options that you can toggle and then there are sub options. That, no, if you're trying to theme it up, Croiso front and center puts all the things that you need to make chaos look exactly the way that you want. And I think that is, I mean, it's a tinkerer's dream, right? I mean, if you yeah. like Plasma, if you like the way that it handles, if, you, if, if you're not going to go out and like strip out half of Plasma and replace it with something else, then I think Croiso does a fantastic job of putting the bits in front of you, like front yeah. and center in front of you. Well, I, I got to, I got to, throw out my embarrassing moment Uh-oh. at first Here i'm we thinking go. well that's not really embarrassing it's just i first look at that and i think well that's kind of plain and then it's got a lot of buttons right yeah and oh it I does don't, i don't really click through all of them but one thing that doesn't really stand out is all of the tabs if you will on the bottom oh okay okay and, and so totally... they don't stand out it but once you start clicking through them, yes, you're right. Everything is configurable. All all the options are presented to you. 
Yeah. And that is fantastic. I really love this application. I think it's a fantastic thing. Just I didn't really click through all those at first. Like at first I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get back to the welcome thing later. I just want to, you know, get going and get yeah. myself well, set up. What is it gonna do? Let me change my icon theme. Yeah. Yeah. But but I didn't <laughs> I didn't change like I left it so it would start up again the next time I started. So like the first time through, I just kind of threw that aside and kept going and got myself set up. And then the next time I come back through and I'm I'm start clicking through all of the options. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of options. It's oh, fantastic. Yep. Absolutely. So, I mean, so from, from left to right, you got customize, which is, uh, that's where you start. It's it's all of the things that you would need to change in KDE Plasma to make it look the mm-hmm. way you want. Then you have packages, so you can install additional web browsers, music players, image manipulation yep. stuff. So, you know, GIMP and all that. Um, then, okay, here's my favorite thing. My favorite thing. And I still have this wallpaper. Normally, I'm a wallpaper fiend. I like to have very custom wallpapers. I don't, I don't dig uh, most of the the stock wallpapers. Ah, eh, sometimes, but I would say ninety percent of the time, I change it. Here's the thing: in these wallpapers, they have a bunch of CC zero, yeah. um, uh, Creative Commons zero. So basically, there's right. no copyright on them at all. You can use them however you want to, um, and, and all that kind of good stuff. And so I was telling Dan the other day. That as I was scrolling through, I realized that there was a lot of um, there was a a uh, a Mexican tequila mm-hmm. and a Mexican soda, mm. and and it was that was all it was. And so mm. I have uh, an Espolón tequila background right mm. now, um, but that that's just that's just what was submitted at that time. So they pulled from a specific website, and it's all the CC zero stuff, and so it changes all the time. So right. when I installed a month ago, um, and you install today, right. we'll never see the same wallpapers. But Which is great. I, I just think it's fantastic because you have it's great to have all these wallpapers that you can pick from uh, at the beginning. But I think it's also great, uh, and in my personal opinion, I think it's better to just have random stuff, good yeah, random stuff. Ones like later. It, it, this is photography grade. This yeah. is not, you know. These just are from random. Unsplash, I think, right? Oh, is that where it's from? Okay, I think so. I think and a so, lot of them come from Unsplash, which is very popular and um, a lot of really good. You're right, a lot of really good photographs. They are, um, yeah. Uh, you know, good quality um, wallpapers to be chosen from there, and um, it's almost like variety, right? In in the sense it that is. you're 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 constantly picking. You can constantly pick a new wallpaper anytime you want, and they're really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the one thing that I hated about the wallpaper thing though was like on the laptop I would scroll, it mm-hmm. took forever. Like two finger mm-hmm. scroll, it's slow. terrible. You got to grab the thing on the right and yeah, so yeah. it's slow. Yeah, yeah, you got to grab the little handle and just crank it down. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll never get through it, man. Like mm-hmm. like three swipes will get you to the next image. There, mm-hmm. <laughs> that that I think could use a little tweak. But other than that, I mean the the, the images are fantastic. I loved it. Cool. And then they've got um, uh, docs for you to get all your information. I mean, I think that's pretty standard for yep. a uh, welcome screen. They've got advanced stuff, like where you can change your firewall, you can change your energy savings, so like your your screen brightness and all that. You can configure System D daemon. You can uh, configure the mm-hmm. KDE wallet, your network management, Pac-Man cache, like all of these things that I tend that that tend to be a little difficult and a little high level. I mean, while they are not necessarily explained here all of those things are laid out for you here so 
it does make for ease of getting to, but not necessarily ease of use. Well, they do link you off to some documentation too, though. They do. I mean, so that's there too. So can't totally dismiss that they don't help you at all because they 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 definitely help you. They give you some of that, which is pretty great. A lot of folks don't do that either. So nice to be able to have that. Exactly. Exactly. So they definitely punch you to the forum. They definitely punch you to all the help. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, how much documentation do you have to read to be able to configure the system D daemon, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. It, well, it's a little, it's a little high level, right? Um, but um, and then of course they've got news. So I mean, this is something that yep. I think you would want to come back to. So it's not just a welcome screen to like the installer where you hit it one time. It's come back to it and check out the news because there might be something that you need to know in there, or if you just like to follow along with what's going on, uh, that's built in as well. So that, I think that's really, really good. Well, contrary to most people, I actually left it toggled on so that it starts when I start up. I did too. I did mostly so I could check out some more of those wallpapers. They were pretty good. Yeah. Well, I I kept wanting to click more buttons because there was a lot of them. (laughs) There there really are. There really are. So I did. So after our recent conversation Mm -hmm. um, with uh, Simon Peter, Mm. I had kind of gotten this on this app image kick Mm -hmm. where I like, you know what? Before I go to Flatpak, before I try to the repo, let me just see if there's an app image out there for it. And I did. So, I mean, one of the one I knew there was an app image out there for Bitwarden. So I went ahead, hopped over to the Bitwarden website, downloaded the Bitwarden app image. And I'm like, well, let's see before I install Flatpak if I could just get by with this. And yeah, I ran into an issue. <laughs> so no. the moment I run Bitwarden, nothing happens. You double click on it. Yeah, make sure that the the execute bit's on, right? Obviously, right. and you double click on it, and then nothing happened. <clears throat> double click on it again, nothing happened. Uh, all right, so I crack open the terminal and I run it through the terminal, and I get an error message. The SUID sandbox helper binary was not found, but is not or was found, but is not configured correctly. Rather than run without sandboxing, I'm aborting now. So, well, thanks for doing that on my secure application, please. Yeah, well, actually, that that's a it, it's huge. That's absolutely yep. huge. I would have never checked. Right. So, Bitwarden is meant to be sandboxed because of the nature of Bitwarden, which is it's got all your passwords in there. You don't need other applications cool. or anything on the system being able to poke within it, and that I think is an important thing. So, it didn't run. But I did go and go grab, uh, I grabbed Krita because I needed to do a, a little bit of image editing really quickly, and that one worked fine. So it <laughs> seems like, at least at the current moment, app images that require the SUID sandbox helper binary uh, don't work. <laughs> they, just, or, they just don't. Or maybe they take some configuration work. that we don't know about, which right. is, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it is what it is, right? It, exactly. It, yeah. But they don't work for us as, as, you know, just clicking on it, like, which you would do. Right, and I was trying to I was trying to hop on this app image life, right, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it with Bitwarden. So luckily for me, though, um, in the main repository, you can just install Flatpak, reboot, and now you got all the Flatpak stuff. So that's how I installed Discord. Yep. That's how I got Bitwarden after the fact, and so most of that most of that worked just fine. And so between app images and Flatpak, I was able to get software that I wasn't normally able to get in uh, any other way. Yep. So you're skirting on something that uh, I definitely want to talk about, and that's that KDE Plasma and Qt and all of those things, those are the narrow focus. We we mentioned that. And so mm-hmm. that means the repositories are also very limited they in, are. in what they they support, if you will, as a first-class citizen. 
Um, but there are ways around it. And uh, one of them that you mentioned is flat pack. They do offer flat packs as as something that you can do. And we all know there's, I mean, that, that gets you around for a lot of the applications. But oh yeah, the the I think the only application outside of uh, App Image and Flatpak that I installed was NCDU. Okay. Uh, just because I wanted to see how much how, how much space things were taking, or mm-hmm. nothing yep. out of the ordinary. So, but there, you know, that's not for everybody. Not everybody loves a a Flatpak. They 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 want something that's a little more native. They've got a workaround for that too. And um, while as Leo found, not a perfect solution. It, it's a workable solution, and that is KCP or the KOS uh, community packages, which you want to think of that like the AUR or the Arch User Repository. So community members can create these packages and submit them to the KCP, and those are kind of um, curated, if you will, a little bit, or at least the membership um, there on two is curated through the KOS um, main development team. And um, so in order to get in there, you've got to be somebody that's that's got to follow some guidelines, which they have posted on their on their website. And uh, I think it's a great way to contribute to the project and not really contribute to the project, if you will. So right, you, could, yeah. you, you, you could totally be a sponsor for um, a single package that is outside of the normal repositories and just kind of keep that up to date. So one of the ones that I installed is is seems to be very current, and that is Vivaldi, um, mm-hmm. the, the browser. And uh, that worked really well for me. Um, whoever's maintaining that is doing a great job. Thank you. Yep. Um, and so um, you just do a little little KCP install, uh, Vivaldi magic, and, you know, they've got the instructions on their webpage. And uh, there it is. So it's not something they normally carry in the, in the repository, but it's available pretty native-like. Yeah, so, one of the... One of the stated goals that they have for the KCP, because uh, uh, I read through all of that on, on mm-hmm. how to actually do that, how to become yep. part of the community, how to how to uh, update yeah, your software cool. and all that. The, the big rule that really stood out to me was this ain't the AUR. It Don't is not. just bring over your AUR package builds and plop it in there. It's got to be specific to chaos. Right. It works very similar, though. So the package builds are like, you know, it, it, it's a recipe. And so right. that is going to pull in the things and compile them kind of right there in front of you. Yeah. I mean, exactly the way that it was in the AUR, right? I mean, Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, exactly. So if you're using Yay to install something from the AUR or whatever, you get the same kind of output that you would um, if you use KCP. So KCP-I and say Vivaldi is the case, uh, right. hit enter on that. And then, you know, it asks you a few questions. Do you want to make any uh, specific changes to the package build? Mm-hmm. And then once it gets everything figured out, you just hit enter for, or yes, uh, on, yeah, go ahead and install all that stuff. And it'll take care of your dependencies and everything else. So it's very AUR-like. Right. But again, it's not the AUR. It's specific to chaos. Right. So much like the AUR, you should really check uh, the build scripts here and make sure they're doing what you think they are and want them to. Right. Because even though they're they're curated, 
it's it's basically just running a script, if you will. That's oversimplifying, I know, but it's it's very similar in in the process. So you want to make sure you know what's going on. Exactly. So take the same precautions you would with uh, the KCP as you would with the AUR, which you know, a lot of people that run Arch, it, it, uh, a lot of people that run Arch, their case, um, I don't know, that's just the install. Don't even check it. But hey, you know, right. <laughs> software, software then, I guess, right? Right. But it opens up a whole world of applications that aren't necessarily available. And you don't have to go out and grab a flat pack and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So. I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool. And stuff that doesn't exist as a flat pack, right? Vivaldi doesn't exist as a flat yeah, pack. No, it doesn't. Brave You're right. Doesn't, doesn't exist as a flat pack, though. That's a good point. Uh, I I did install Brave, and while it is mostly up to date, the maintainer I think is about eleven days out, and there have been a couple of updates since then. So. If you're running Brave, uh, keep an eye on it. Vivaldi seemed to be perfect, but uh, Brave a little on the slow side, which is okay, I think, um, as long as there are no uh, game-breaking security bugs that affect you and that you're worried about. Um, but then again, you know, I wear my tinfoil hat, so I, I need to be as updated as I possibly can. Yeah. Well, the fact that it's, like, you know, only a couple of weeks, that's not too far out, although it right. is a browser. You're right. Yeah. And especially for cases like now where I'm running chaos and I'm not exactly sure how to deal with some of the things, right? Like I'm installing things like TLP and the ThinkPad modules to um, to be able to handle my battery and all that kind of thing. Uh, I like to have a little bit of protection. And in that case, in my case, my protection is time shift. And mm. while we're not running ButterFS, we're running XFS, uh, time shift will still work because it uses rsync. And you right. just give it another disk, and it'll drop all your stuff there. It'll have a backup. Uh, so there were a couple of dependencies. Um, I, I can't remember the other one, but it didn't install by default. It said that Pac-Man would not install it. And then the other one was libg, L-I-B-G-E-E. -E. And I have a feeling that has to do with TG Tech, who's the uh, who's the guy that does time shift. Yeah, Tony, Tony George, yeah. Yeah, um, is not available in the Chaos repo. So the previous uh, mm. library and this library was not available in the Chaos repos. So TimeShift just failed to install via the KCP. So mm. it's not in the main repo. It's only available in the KCP. I would like to have had it uh, just for that little extra bit of security, though I didn't need it, obviously. Right. Uh, but it would have just been a nice-to-have kind of thing, and it just didn't work. And I started digging around a little bit, and I realized that in the KCP, the libgee library hasn't been touched since about 2017. Wow. So not, not that that, maybe the library had no updates. Yeah, it. maybe. You're right. But eventually, I, I, I was digging and digging and digging, and I realized it didn't exist. <laughs> so it didn't exist in the KCP, which is what it kind of led me to believe. It didn't exist in the main repo, which is where I ended up looking after the fact. So TimeShift is just unbuildable via the KCP, yet still shows up as an option. If you do KCP-L, which will list all of the options, mm -hmm. T, like TimeShift is there. So, so I wonder if this is not a case of where somebody did adapt that AUR package right. and, and just kind of threw it in there. Maybe and this it's is the snuck sort of by. thing that they're warning against. I wonder. Well, right? I, I don't know because the KCP actually had a reference to libg. It did exist okay. at one at point, some point. Yeah. but it doesn't exist now. So okay, I was like, all right, fine. 
maybe um, maybe I can build it or something. <laughs> so um, you went they down gave, that. and here's the thing: they gave <laughs> instructions mm-hmm. in the KCP on how to build libg, mm. but it failed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, underneath that, they gave me a link to download the zip to compile it myself. And I was like, you know what? I want time shift just bad enough that I'll do this. I will compile it. My, it didn't download. So I click on the download zip button and it 404'd me. So, huh. Oh, well, so was that from GitHub? No, uh, I would have to go find it again, but I mean, it oh, was... Oh, so you just didn't have a valid link there. That's not good. Right, So, um, but it was it was a KCP link. It was a link Ugh. in KCP, and it gave me the instructions how to build it myself, uh, and mm-hmm. then it gave me the zip that would allow me... Well, I'm sorry. Uh, it gave me the KCP link that would allow KCP to build it for me, mm-hmm. or the zip for me to build it myself, and Eesh. neither of those options that did exist in the KCP, neither of them worked. That's too bad. Yeah. So, and and that's not the norm. I mean, obviously, no. the KCP has a lot of good software in it that you can download yeah. and install. It just happened to be that one of the softwares that I really enjoy myself, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot there, and I and I'm I'm super happy that it exists because, like I said, narrow focus, yep. not necessarily a lot available. Yeah, focus. Yeah. Yep. But uh, the the last thing that I'll complain about. Because there's okay. a lot to there's a lot to love about chaos, and I do mm-hmm. really enjoy it. But the last thing is, you remember Linux Mint got a lot of flack for a little while, mm. and I think uh, Elementary OS did as well. Where in the terminal you open it up and you type a sudo something or another, and it asks for your password, and the password is shown in stars. Yeah, there was a security bug about that a little while back. Mm-hmm. Um, that eventually did get fixed, but there was a lot of flack thrown around because, you know, well, why are you even showing stars at all? It's a usability thing. Well, anyway, in Chaos, they do kind of sort of the similar thing, but if you've ever typed a password into your phone, every letter you type shows in clear text, and then the, once you get to the next letter, that gets obfuscated, and the next letter is shown, and then that gets obfuscated, and the next letter is shown. That is done on the login screen. And I don't really have to deal with a whole lot of shoulder surfers, but that just makes me feel uneasy having even a single character of your password shown up. I don't enjoy that. But, uh, you know, certainly you can turn that off. I'm sure it's an SDDM thing where you can turn that off or something or another. But I actually um, think there might be an update that, that seems to have resolved that, honestly. Really? So that I was, was a just thing? Try, just trying that, and um, mine is not showing. So, ah. hopefully, hopefully, like ah, you said. Mine still does it. It still does really? it. I logged out real quick, and yeah, it's still. I wonder what I, I mean, did to fix that, because mine just shows a dot. So, I press the letter, shows and the character. for about half a second, the character shows up. Yeah, I didn't do anything special. I'm pretty sure yeah. I didn't check a box that was like, totally show everybody my password. I don't as think I'm typing I did it. either, but um, maybe I did something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll give it another install and see what uh, see what I can find about that. But maybe I, it's it my computer is slow and it's never gonna show. That. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. You know. You know. Weird yeah. things. Different computers. Everybody's got a different something different, yeah. right? Well, maybe it it's my theme. I don't know. I mean, so like theming is a thing, and I clicked a whole bunch of buttons and boxes, and it might have changed that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. So, what do you think about chaos? I really like it. I think it's great. I think uh, the fact that they 
um, have have the narrow focus and do the things um, really well rather than do a whole bunch of things and just scatter yourself about and do, you know, 75 different uh, desktop environments and, and try to get them all. And while some distributions can do that, I would imagine as a small team, which we don't really know how big they are. Yeah, but it seems small. As a small team, I can appreciate that. You're doing one thing and you're doing it really well and you're just kind of focusing on some some small bits. I think yeah, that's I, good. I think that brings the quality right up there where it needs to be. Yeah, I, I think that's it's probably one of the best plasma experiences I've had. Absolutely. Um, if 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 the focus really is on plasma and mm-hmm. and the small number of uh and I say small, it's not small, it's thousands, but I mean yeah, thousands, the, the yeah. number of packages that they handle, um, if that's enough for you, and maybe flat pack to kind of right. uh, take you a little further if you need discord or something like that um i mean it's it's a really good desktop i, I agree. really enjoy i did not have outside of the couple of things that i mentioned i really didn't yep. have any adverse experiences with it i mean i got to check a box that was obviously my fault and then i got my blur but you know it just i just yeah. needed to go check that box yeah the, the gripes are really small really really yeah. tiny um super smooth it's amazing to me the quality of the Wayland session. Like Plasma's oh, yeah. been getting, you know, Plasma's been getting better, but like they used to get a lot of heat for for the Wayland session. Yeah. Um. Up until recently, they've they've put a lot of work into it, and they're really keeping up with it, and it works really smooth. It's super nice. Yeah. I, so five dot twenty one and five dot twenty two got a lot of that Wayland love, and the fact yeah. that in chaos you get it immediately. Yeah. means that you get to enjoy that Wayland love real fast. Yep. And so like screenshots were a thing in Wayland. Couldn't do that. I had a nice mm-hmm. good screenshot. It looked good. Oh, yeah. I posted it in Telegram. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, I don't. Like, I, no problem. Um, yeah. You know, and OBS was another one that, uh, um, I don't know, questionable whether it works in Wayland or not. And um, while I didn't try that. I I gotta believe that uh, they've they've got that nailed down too. Yep. So and OBS had some announcement recently that mm-hmm. um, that were you know Wayland support is going to be a whole lot better. Oh so yeah. I would imagine. Uh, it'd be so just some fine. of the works on the application, some of the works on the desktop environment, and I think um, it's really starting to come together. Yeah, for sure. So that was super impressive. I think th- those are those are things that uh, even though they're cutting edge, um, they work really well. Mm-hmm. So real question is, are you keeping it? You know, I might, I might keep it around. I'm not sure. Um, it's, it's quality enough that I don't feel like I'm in a hurry to move off of it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of it. I mean, most of my stuff is done in just a very few set of applications and in the browser. So I wouldn't have to move off of it, but I don't know that I think I'll make it my daily driver. Well, yeah, it probably won't be my daily driver either, but, uh, I think it ranks right up there as, one of the best. Yep. If Plasma is important to you, I mean, it's it's right here. This is this is a fantastic implementation of it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Make sure to install your chaos. Yes. Enter the chaos. Be one with the chaos. We'll clean up your chaos. The Linux and open source community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that. In our showcase for this episode, we want to draw your attention to Pharonix. Wait a minute. What, what, what is this? Is that a podcast? Uh, well, I've it's never a website. Heard of this place. I've never heard of this place ever. It's a uh, test suite. It's a website. It's, uh, it's, 
it's everything. It's pretty great. And if you're looking for news, um, one of the top places I think you should look. Really? Never heard of this place ever in my whole life. Okay. Well, that's too bad because we're going to mention it now <laughs> and you're going to go look at it, I'm sure. Um, so Michael Larabel, I don't know if that, that if he sleeps. I'm not sure because no, like- I'm he, pretty sure. Maybe, he, maybe an hour at a time. Maybe he's a robot. I'm not sure because um, he's very, uh, very quick on any news item that comes out. It's fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, uh, so joking before, I mean- Veronix is probably one of the places that I get most of my news from. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not just the normal news. It's not, oh, the new kernel came out. What do, he does cover that. Oh, this, um, you know, really popular software that every other news outlet is covering. This is some down and dirty, gritty news about yeah. processors that haven't even hit and hit hit customers' hands yet. He's got them. He's running them through his Pharonix test suite. He's yeah. giving you statistics on them. He's telling you how much better it is than the last one was. He's comparing it. You know, if you got an AMD chip here. He's comparing it to the Intel chips. If you've got an AMD card here, he's comparing it to the NVIDIA cards that already exist. The amount of info, this goes to your, I don't know if you sleep's comment. It's true. The amount of content he puts out every single day, I'm pretty sure he works like 80 hours a week. In a day. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know how he he does it, but it's impressive the amount of just work. That mm-hmm. he puts yeah. into this every single day. It's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Deep, deep, deep dives into, yep. you know, statistics that you're not finding anywhere else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So awesome website. Go check it out. Yeah. I'll subscribe have to the RSS feed. That's that's how I, I get it straight to the oh, main. Yeah. That's how I do it. <laughs> I'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah. Feel free to check it out. Feel free to send your emails to contact at linuxuserspace.show. We also have our matrix room where we got some feedback over there um, about library and Odyssey and future Dan and future Leo will definitely be looking into that. We have our telegram group and uh, you can join us at linuxuserspace.show slash telegram. And if uh, those chat platforms aren't enough for you, we also have discord and I'll have a link down there in the show notes for that. You can follow us at Twitter at linuxuserspace to get all the latest announcements for this show and highlights that impact your user space. Lastly, don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube where we've been trying to enhance our video edition. I think you're going to... Well, if you're already watching this and you've already made it to the housekeeping section, then you already know what I'm about to tell you, which is I think we have upgraded... This mm. time around, there's 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 nice, neat little features over there or there or maybe there. I, there's some up there. There's one some of those down directions. There. I don't know. We got stuff all over, all over the, the place. place. It's all over the place. Check it out. It's fantastic. I I think it's fantastic. Maybe I'm tooting my own horn. I don't know. Maybe I'll I boost it great too here and yeah. there. Yeah. Now you can see us toot our horn. You can always get more information at our website, linuxuserspace.show. All right, we got a narrow focus. Narrow. narrow. Very like narrow. narrow focus, and we're going to talk about backups. Okay. Because backups are important, right? And yeah, Especially when you make an oopsie. Ah, that's, that's my thing. I make oopsies sometimes. Um, so you know on Ubuntu-based distributions, we have these little things called PPAs, and then there mm-hmm. are these 
things like Mesa that get, you know, get you you can slap on the bleeding edge one, mm, you know, yeah, especially you can really if you've gotten your install with those. You sure can. <laughs> and uh that's that's what got me to the point where I've learned to love and why I was so sad that Chaos uh couldn't give it to me. Uh, I learned to love Time Shift. Okay. And so so Time Shift is a graphical backup utility. It's uh it supports rsync for all the file systems but supports butterfs snapshots as well mm. right in the GUI. So I've used TimeShift for a long time uh, using rsync. I mean, because by default, Ubuntu installs on ext4, right? So rsync mm-hmm. is your option there. And I've used it there yep. for a long time. I'd say 95% success rate with uh, TimeShift and rsync on ext4. But the moment I started testing on butterfs and making dumb changes... I'm talking going into the configuration files, uh, you know, breaking FS tab, mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy oh, things, yeah. right? ButterFS on time shift. And yes, I totally understand you can use Snapper and all these other tools to make things work in ButterFS, right? But that's not the point. The point is that it's a GUI thing that yes. makes it easy. Um, it, it behaves a whole lot like um, uh, what's the, the Mac OS uh, time, oh. time something, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Anyway, Back that thing. That, yeah. Uh, mm, no, that's a different one. It doesn't even matter because <laughs> this yeah. is not Mac user space, though. Uh, it is know, not. Yeah, if you want Dan Clearly, and I to buy I a Mac <laughs> and, uh, and and make Mac user space, we can totally do that. Just uh, give us a week while while it comes in. Um, but time shift, right? I mean, you're able to take these snapshots. It does it uh, automatically in a mm-hmm. lot of cases. I was uh, talking to Vince in Discord, and we were doing this Arco Linux test out for ButterFS to see if it would just work because they had a new update um, right. where you could choose the the um, your file system of choice. And I chose ButterFS. I installed TimeShift on it. I, I did a Pac-Man SYU, and immediately it said, in the Pac-Man SYU telling TimeShift to take a backup. And I'm like, what? Nice. It's integrated in? So that was really cool. Anyway, so I felt real confident. And I told Vince, and I'm pretty, I'm still pretty adamant about it, that that was the thing that would get me to consider more heavily daily driving an Arch distro as opposed to yeah, that uh, makes some, sense. something a little more Debian-based or a little yeah. Ubuntu-based. Because, yep. um, right, I mean, and I know it's not all the time that, that, you know, packages just totally bork your system, but in Archland, it happens enough that mm-hmm. if I don't have some kind of escape hatch, I'm not going to want to run it. And so this is, oh man, this well, is Well, and sometimes it's not point. even so much uh, that you don't know how to handle it. It's that um, you don't have time right now to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't. I don't want to go in and roll back that package myself. I want right. to just press a couple of buttons and let the yeah. system roll back for me. And um, this is an Arco, by the way, which is a distribution that we tested last yep. season. We did. That um, was great. And it just the fact that it ran so quickly, so well, and I, I, I just it, it's peace of mind. So time shift for me is a is a peace of mind kind of thing. So it's an it's an easy way to clean up an oopsie in mm-hmm. the command line because you know you made a configuration to that one file and you don't remember what you did because you're like me and forgot to write it down and by forgot I mean you just didn't um, <laughs> and, yeah, or you just or copy pasted something and uh, totally totally blazed right over it. Change that to a one to a zero. Whoops, that was the wrong thing. Yep. Um, 
or yeah, I mean, you know, especially in a in a case like where you have PPAs or you're running on Arch yeah. and you know an update might break the system. Right. That's where Time Shift really shines. Cool. If you think you want to roll back, Time Shift will handle it for you, whether that's in rsync or in my new favorite file system, ButterFS. Um, and that's it, right? I mean, because I on my desktop I have the latest and greatest Mesa on Linux Mint and Sometimes that's not perfect, right? Because it's, yeah. it's hot off the press GitHub stuff. And <laughs> yeah. if it if it doesn't like my video card this time around, and it just just not gonna work. So, uh, time shift is fantastic for uh, situations like that. Cool. That this is definitely a tool that I need to try out. I generally gravitate towards CLI tools, but uh, you know, having a GUI is a, is a nice thing. And uh, yeah, I think I think uh, if it makes it easy, then that's something I need to implement in my workflow. Well, let me allay your fears, Dan. There is mm-hmm. such a thing after you install TimeShift called yep. TimeShift-CLI. Oh, that's and winning it me will, over. <laughs> it'll handle all your TimeShift stuff in the command line. You do not have to use the GUI tools. And I think that is one of the fa- the most fantastic things about TimeShift hmm. where it's an easy-to-use tool. You don't have to look under the hood. You just press backup and it backs your stuff up. Or you can be a super, super crazy power user like Dan and drop down to the command line and handle all of your snapshotty things or your backup things through that. Cool. Dan, I think you and I had a fantastic time running chaos over this past month. I know I did. I did. I really did. Ah, man. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. A diamond in the rough, even. Mm Mm-hmm. It needs but more that, publicity, and I'm glad we can bring that. Um, me too. Me too. But that means that our next show is topic-based. So yep. all of the drama that comes out between now mm. or anything that's happened in the past couple of weeks, which is a lot. Nah, there's nothing <laughs> uh, that ever happens. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. The <laughs> Linux community is straight-laced. We never blow things out of proportion. We never create a lot of drama. So we'll have nothing to talk about in the next show. But somehow, the show must go on. So we'll have ourselves a topic-based show next time. But... We have another distro that we got to get ourselves on. Uh, we got to mm-hmm. get up in the saddle of another distro. But you know what? This time, it's not a distro. I- okay. I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers with that. It's not a distro. It's not. And and I'm going to stand on the rooftops and I'm going to shout it. And it's not a distro. Dan, what not a distro am I talking about? I think you're talking about Arch. It's, well, you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm going to tell you it's not a distro. It's absolutely 100% not. Well, you're not completely wrong. Um, it's, no, I'm, more, I'm, it's more of I'm a guide. Com- I'm not completely wrong because I'm 100% right. It's not a distro. <sighs> I don't know. It's got a name. It's got a name and it's got a logo, but it ain't a distro. <sighs> well, it is what you make of it because um, it is yours. That's that's what this is. Um, Arch is... Uh, you know, a guide that you follow to build your own thing. So if you want to call it a distro, it's your own distro. That's right. It's it's uh, Lee Arch. That's no. what it's going to be. Uh, and that's yeah. what we're going to title the next uh, the next uh, distro episode. It's going to be called Lee Arch because I mean, it's going to be my distro. So Arch is not a distro, but what I make of it is a distro and then all i gotta do is figure out how to roll an iso and then everybody can download and install lee arch and it's gonna be great yeah it sounds good <laughs> we are actually going to um try to install arch 
two ways. So Arch has a new installer. It's a command uh-huh. line installer. Uh-huh. But we're going to use the the new installer. And uh, we're also going to follow the guide and uh, do some other way to install Arch as well. So, so what you're saying is we're going to put it all together ourselves. And then we're going to check out that newfangled installer that they've got out there that seems to allow folks that aren't quite ready for Arch to be quite ready for Arch. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think uh I think we need to give our take on on both ways. Um they are both Arch I- installs, if you will, according to, you know, everything I've read. It's not like uh slapping on uh, you know, calamaris or something like that, but it is still uh uh a supported Arch install. You've said it. I think you've said it. It's an Arch install. Not yeah. an arch distro. Okay. 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 I don't know. Well, you keep spinning it. Yep. That, well, I will. You got a whole absolutely, month. 100% uh, spin you right round, baby, right round. And <laughs> if you have any opinion on whether or not arch is a distro no. or not, um, yeah, you, you hit us you up on those at, socials, at right? At, at, at me. At me, bro. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's not a distro. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for all your support, um, I swear, it keeps growing and growing and growing. It but does. Dan, where can we find you outside of here? You can find me at Casey2BEasy. And you can find me at Leo Chavez on Twitter. Join us in two weeks when we return to the Linux user space. All right, we did it. I have sufficiently uh, pissed off uh, enough people, I think. (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) I wonder. I wonder if we'll get any feedback on that. Cool. I think we got through it. That that went a lot longer than I thought it was going to. Well, I'm sorry. No. uh, I was afraid we were going to come in under an hour, which wouldn't have really been a bad thing. But, I mean, we, we easily got ourselves an hour 20, hour 30 show. Yeah, well, I kind of wrote myself cliff notes, and I built on those. I don't know if no, that's that, a bad thing. Nope, I, that's how I write all of my stuff, uh, mostly. I skipped a lot of my uh, trash talking, which I think was good. Um, yeah, because it was pretty good. I mean, none of the stuff that I was trash talking was... None of, none of that stuff was really... I, I, I doubt any of that stuff was going to stay broken for very long, but... Yeah, I think uh, the... Yeah. Well, sorry. So one of the things that you didn't talk about... There weren't that many that we skipped over, honestly. No, I didn't. Um, but there were... Like, I didn't mention Stacer. Oh, right. Forgot which I did that. like. Oh, you didn't um, mention the map thing. Oh, yeah. See, but you didn't have issues with that. So it could have totally just been a weird one-off glitch kind of thing. So I don't know that it was worth talking about in the show. But Yeah, you know. so I will say that module actually relies on internet. So if for some reason it wasn't able to look it up, you know, it's a geo geo IP based Maybe. Thing. And so if your IP looked weird or couldn't look it up or something like that, it probably just... Maybe I just default. hadn't connected to Wi-Fi at that point. Well, that's possible too, right? Mm-hmm.